industry because it's an industry that's competitive. I yeah, I'm sure it is. And um and what you were saying about like the the way you have to like because you have to consider a lot of elements. Mm-hmm. And like what you would do if you were if you found yourself in a venue that had just like really bad lighting, you know, like it's very dim like yellow lights or it just like looks looks bad. Like um I guess what what do you like take with you to that you could like use in case like you're in a environment like that? Uh, there, when it comes to lighting, that is based off your, your style. I like on camera flash. That's my style, but there are photographers who bring like three sets of lights and I'm like, that's not what I know. So I just bring my one flash and hope for the best. But I mean, I now know how to use my flash that it's going to be okay. Um, but there are, I think I'm at the point in my career where I know what rooms I'm not going to shoot well in that I will decline a couple and say, Hey, this is a, this is a venue. I know I can't do my best in, especially banquet halls with no windows there. It's really hard to get like people want like this bright, airy type of editing. I'm like, you're not going to get what you want from my style in a dark, dark, dark room. So I'm in the predicament or in the in the place in my career where I can turn down venues and people as sad as it is, but I want them to make sure that they get the quality in their photos and I can't fake things. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna copy and paste the sun into people's photos to make it look brighter or I'm not gonna over expose a photo because then the grain, I mean, I could go into technical um, uh, settings of a photo, but yeah. I just have my lenses. I have my, my little rolly backpack with my three lenses, my two cameras, my strap, my flash, a thousand batteries because a flash eats up batteries and, and go. Well, I was going to say that I feel like that would, that would also help explain why like your photos are like, they have like a pretty, like, uh, they feel like genuine, you know, like they feel like you're like capturing this like organic moment and like, a way that really complements it versus if you had like all this like fancy you have like the money to like have all this fancy lighting and stuff so it looks more like um I don't know GQ cover Vogue I don't know <laughs> like you know like something like that you know where it's just more like it's trying to be like glamorous and stuff mm-hmm. and not that not that your uh photographs are not glamorous but like it it just it just feels like it feels genuine to me mm-hmm. and you know, because you could have all the lights and everything, but you're you're not like focused on like, you know, just capturing it perfectly. You're just just trying to capture everything you can, and when you do, it's really special. Yeah, there. I mean, there are people who bring in the works. There are people who come with like two extra hands for like an assistant and a second shooter with a light kit and all this stuff. But I don't want to add more congestion to a day, like. The, the one thing that photographers have an issue with sometimes is that if a videographer comes into the picture and has like six cameras set up and four assistants and this and that, a production team, your, your wedding day shouldn't be a production. It should just be a day. And when you add more people and more, more equipment, I just feel like it kind of takes away from the day. And so I, that's why I like working for myself by myself at wedding days. I don't think you always need a second shooter. I don't want an extra body there and I don't need the lights to be shining on you. Like, 
like a movie. I mean, I, I, and maybe in like five years, I'll, I'll up it to more lighting, but that's, that's a decision if I want to spice things up, I guess. But I, like you said, I, I, I'm just there vibing and I capture the day as it is. I don't want to make a day look different than what you guys planned it to be. You approach it and you approach your photography in the same way that like I approach the things that I do. And, and that's just like with, it's like, you, you care about it first and foremost, like you actually care about what you're doing. You, you enjoy what you're doing. And when you care about what you're doing and you enjoy what you're doing and like, yeah, it's like work, you know, like, but to be successful, like, unfortunately you have to like put in the work and like, and that's what I try to tell myself because there are times, you know, I've been burned out. And then I've also had moments where I'm just like, just being lazy and stuff. Mm -hmm. And but it's like, at the end of the day, you just have to like find a balance you know, find a balance that works for you where like you can still have like, you can still do all the things you want to do and also have like time for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm like, I'm just kind of like always looking for ways to kind of like do more, but also like make time for myself. And it's like, uh, it can be a lot to juggle. Yeah, I think that's kind of why I don't want to bring more equipment into a wedding space is that it's more on my plate and things are faulty. Lighting is, I'm going to swear here. You can bleep it out. It's a bitch sometimes. Yeah, I said it. Oh, your ears are bleeding. Oh, Light. I'm, I'm going to call my mom. <laughs> <laughs> this is not appropriate. This is a rage podcast. I'm just kidding. I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, it's, when you're adding more onto your plate, it's more work for you. And I don't want it's not saying that I don't want to work harder. It's that you're putting more on your path that if something were to go wrong, you're screwed. And I am so reliant on my flash, my one flash on camera that I know it's going to do the job. And if you bring six different light fixtures into it and things never go right with, with more equipment, the amount of times cameras like break and batteries die and I don't want to add that onto my stress level of like oh shit the the flat the light bulb broke and then the light's gonna look so different so I just don't want to add that to the plate plus when it comes to creativity I know what I'm doing with my flash and I think that's what kind of sets aside my my photos is that my flash work is different than the typical like three three um the three lighting structure that a lot of people use and so why change something that is good to be, I mean, I'm set. I know what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. And also like having, just having more equipment and more stuff there, that's like more problems, like mm -hmm. more, more things you'd have to worry about. Cause like, um, I know the struggle of like, when it's like, oh crap, we want to use this, but like the battery's dead and we've got to wait for it to charge. And it's like, mm -hmm. it can be a lot to, to juggle. And you, you're focused just like primarily on, on what you're doing and mm -hmm. not, not adding in like a lot of elements that could detract from like the quality. Cause you're like trying to worry about these other elements or then you have to like bring out more people to like help. And that's just kind of giving you more work. So I think you are approaching it in a think smarter, not harder yeah. mentality. That's the motto. I think it's more, I don't want to add not more work to my plate. It's that I don't want to add more stress to my plate. But I'm stressed to the max on wedding days. I I mean, you are there to capture someone's 
most memorable day of their life. And if I don't have, if I'm not there or if something happens, like I can't recreate it. You only have one shot. <laughs> and so that's why I try to be as minimal as I can. Because if I add more to the, to the day, something could happen. And like, that's not me, you know? So that's why I don't try to intervene during days. And I think that that's a big, big factor into what I get and what you see on my Instagram of my work is that I don't dictate a day. I step back. I let the day be what it is. And I just kind of try to tell, tell the story of your day in a creative outlet through my eyes and my lens. And I don't want to, I don't want to add fictitious add-ons to make your day look different because I want your day to be, tell its own story. I don't want to tell it. I mean, I'll tell it, but I don't want to, to navigate you towards the way that I want to tell it. I'm just walking next to you guys as you guys tell it to me. Yeah, and um, if you listening, if you are hearing that, um, because what, and, and Taylor said it herself, but like, they're, they're stressed, okay? And like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the reality of it. Um, they are going through a lot. And I very much recommend when you have vendors and stuff for your wedding or special day or whatever, just be really kind to them. Just be really cool. Like, because like, that's what we want to do for like, cause you know, I've been like, I've worked in like all different industries and stuff. So like we had like you and like the vendors and people at our wedding, like I know, I, I get what it's like to be kind of like in your shoes and I'm like aware of that. So like, I try to like do what I can to like, you know, I guess make everyone feel like comfortable and like welcome and everything. And I know Amanda is the same way, but um, uh, just a little kindness goes a long way. So like, please just be, just go easy on your, the people that are trying to help capture your special moment. That's just my PSA. I need you to copy and paste that in a PSA so I can post it or that this whole podcast needs to start with that PSA because <laughs> it needs to be heard from the mountaintops because that is and I appreciate you saying that so so much because we are people we are people too we get it like this is an important day but also we are trying our hardest and things happen and to to a point to a fault we kind of become the curator of your day we become the wedding planner in a sense like I think we are the impromptu wedding planner because we are dictating your day in a sense of, okay, we got to, we got 10 minutes. You got to have your makeup done because we need to get here in time for your first look. Um, uh, we need to make sure we have enough time for your family portraits. Like it kind of, the weight of the day kind of is on our shoulders. And I don't want to take that, that, that amount of, I don't know what the word is, but we, it's, and I think that's why I have such anxiety with my job is because it we are kind of the I don't want to say bragging but we are kind of the most important in a sense vendor because we know the timeline we make sure things go on time we know the next step we make sure things flow we make sure that you guys are at ease we make sure that we get those photos that you need in order to look back 20 years from now of your day I don't know. There are, there are days where there's no vendor, but me. And it's stressful because people come to me asking questions. It happens all the time. And I'm like, okay, I'll bustle your dress. I'll put your veil in. 
I will take you into a back room so you can cry because you're overwhelmed. I've heard, I've had so many people vent to me as a therapist, like as if I'm a therapist to bear how they feel. And I've had to calm people down. I've done it all. And so that's why we're kind of the showrunner. So with that pressure on our shoulders, please be kind because we are trying our hardest to make sure your day is as seamless as possible. We don't want you to have to deal with your the issues of your day. We'll take on that 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 burden because we want to make sure that you're happy. Yeah, and also this is just this is going to be another hot take, but <laughs> just because you just because you have the money and you're like able to like pay these vendors and like that doesn't give you an excuse to be a jerk. Yeah. Um because the thing is, I, I get it, but I hate, I hate the mentality that it's like, because I paid money for this, I can just be a, you know, a jerk. A jerk. I, I, I don't know what jack is, but. Um, <laughs> I hate being, I hate jacks. <laughs> he's a jack. He's just a big jack. But um, yeah, there's just no need for it. And I think it helps that I, because I, you know, I used to work in retail and I'm currently in a job that's like front, I deal with the public and not in person, thankfully, but it's like over like the computer and dealing with the public is like, it's wild, man. Like mm -hmm. you never know, you never know what to expect. And people, if I'm being honest, people have been like really unhinged. <laughs> like In the past few years, I'm seeing these things where I'm just like, like, have people always been like this or did the things, you know, after like the whatever demic happened and people have just like kind of just like I don't know I it's hard to explain sometimes because I've seen some just crazy stuff it's not yeah. stuff I don't think I can really discuss it <laughs> yeah but like um and but ultimately like what it boils down to is you know I get you know times are rough and everything and like we're all we're all trying just trying to get by here and like and like when you're spending good money on a wedding and like you want to make sure like everything is perfect and everything you just have to remember that ev everyone's there is pretty much there for you to like mm -hmm. to, to be there for you and like your vendors and everybody they're really tr they're trying to help you they want to do things for you and i feel like people forget that and they get too focused on like this isn't happening exactly the way i wanted it like you just have to kind of i don't know lighten up maybe <laughs> you know you said a few things in here that i think brings to light a few things. I think after COVID, people did become unhinged because they waited two, three extra years to get married. So they're like, we're doing this. I waited so long. This is my dream. I've been dreaming about my wedding since I was a kid, which I totally understand and that you want it to be perfect. But also another thing, I don't want you to go into your wedding day with expectations of everything to be what you imagined. Let the day tell its own story. Your Every wedding is no day is going to be exactly how you planned. And as long as you go in knowing that at the end of the day, you're marrying the love of your life, nothing else matters. And so I don't want people to get caught up in the moment of like, oh, shoot, the cake's not out in time. Or, oh, the centerpiece is a little bit shorter than what I imagined. Like, just know that, like, it's still going to be a beautiful day with your favorite people. And you're marrying who you've been dying to marry. To be with for the rest of your life but that's all that matters and your day is going to be better than what you expect if you have no expectation I know understand it's hard to have that mindset 
but it also will, will release you from that anxiety and that pressure on your shoulders if you wake up and are just let the day let the chips fall where they may so and that's like what I would I try to tell my brides the morning of when I wake up or when I meet up with them I'm like just let the day be what it is and just take a step back take a mental picture because this is what's what's supposed to happen. It's supposed to be, your wedding is supposed to be what it chooses to be. So, yeah. I feel like, I don't know, after like hearing all this, I'm like, you should, you should just write a book. I, my, my new dream is to do a podcast about weddings because I think that people need to hear the good and the bad of a wedding day, like a pro of having a bridal party, a con of having a bridal party. I see, I understand wanting to have like your best friends next to you by your side, but also when you have 12 bridesmaids, it's overwhelming. And I've had a bride come to me 10 minutes into me arriving crying. She's like, I'm so overwhelmed. There's too many people. I'm like, you don't have to have 12 of your friends who I'm sure aren't all your best friends just because you want to make sure everyone's happy. And I think that that's a big thing that happens on a one day. You choose things to make other people happy, not yourself. And a regret I hear a lot from brides and grooms is that we should have narrowed down our bridal party. And so that's why I would love to do a podcast because I see the bad and the good. And so I'll give a focal point of the bad and the good because I think tradition is changing in weddings. People still do like the ceremony, the reception, the cake cutting and all that, but things are changing. And I think that's so cool. And so I think that bridesmaids and groomsmen having them in general is changing too. Like when I get married, I don't want a bridal party. I want to just have a party. And so I don't need to have people spend hundreds of dollars on dresses and spend hundreds of dollars on bachelorette parties. Um, I just want people to be there and have fun and not feel like they have, um, have this, job on my wedding day you know but that's again my opinion and so that's why I think it'd be fun to have a podcast to talk about different things like that of I mean I'll give my opinion but there are so many variations with one topic so Mm. yeah it's an idea yeah no I think I think that would be that would be great for you because you could also like you could have like, cause you, you know, I'm sure you know other people, like you have mentioned, you, you know, other people who are wedding photographers or like people in the industry and you can have them come on people, you know, and talk about maybe like stuff you've done together or, um, or I don't know if you, cause you mentioned you're like friends with a lot of clients, but mm-hmm. I'm sure you could have like somebody come on that, like, you're like, Oh, and you can kind of like talk about the day. Cause like, I, I mean, I could talk about our wedding day like a lot. So like if you if you do end up doing that, like like <laughs> I, I could totally you. uh and um because like um I mean at least ours, like it felt like a movie, you know, like it felt like cinematic, which is like fitting. Um, because we're both, you know, Amanda and I are both filmmakers. But um but yeah, I don't know, there's there's just like something there's something like magical about it. And like, yeah, it's it's cool to like talk about like all the all the tea and everything but like it is really cool um to be able to experience that and so I think it would be really cool to have like a like if you did your own show and you can like talk about Mm -hmm. all your thoughts yeah it'd be cool to hear a groom's perspective because I think something that 
we see a lot is that a wedding day, and I'm not saying this is everyone, but a wedding day is navigated towards a, a bride's dream. And so <laughs> I've had many grooms show up to their wedding day and be like, oh, this looks nice because they didn't partake in any of the planning. So it'd be nice to see a wedding day through a groom's eyes because I know that you are a part of everything and you're so present and you're one of the one of those grooms who is by the side of the bride from the start to the finish. Um, so I think it'd be really cool to interview you in that sense. Um, and it's cool to hear that you think it felt like a movie and looking at pictures like it's a movie. And I mean, you appreciate it because you're in that, that industry, but looking at a photo that like, that say that I've taken, you can tell your perspective of seeing that photo and tell your story of what you feel from that photo. And then I could ask Amanda and say, what do you feel? And she could have a different feel, a different take off that photo. And I think that's such a cool thing about photography is that even if you weren't there, it tells a story and everyone's story can be a little bit different. Like in a movie, you watch a movie and you have dialogue telling you how to feel in a sense, but photos, you have nothing but a picture. And so that tells a story in a sense. Like that's why they say a picture says a thousand words. Yeah, so that's why it's such a cool thing in my job is that I could tell one story, but it could, in a sense, say a thousand different things. Yeah, you're right. Because, um, you know, I can think of like many photographs, for example, but just like you're capturing just like a blip, a blip of this moment, you know, and it just, and it happens so quick and you just get, you get lucky to capture it. But mm -hmm. then when you're able to kind of like, look within the picture and like and you when you consider the context and like everything and like that's why like um i mean low-key that's why i like looking at our photos because like you see like two people who are like just genuinely happy to like be like marrying each other and mm -hmm. there's something like just really nice about it versus one where it's like you know you need to make sure i'm like photoshopped and like all this like you know because i'm I have sure those exist yeah, yeah, I've had people say, hey, can you make me look skinnier? I'm like, I'm not going to make you look <laughs> different than how you look because one, you look stunning. Two, this is who you are. Three, you're, I don't want you to look back and be like, wow, my, <laughs> this looks a little d different than what I remember. You know, I, I don't believe in that. That's, but uh, people do do that. And it's kind of sad, but. I believe it. And, you know, I, I mean, and like I've been saying, like, you know, I'm just like really big on like just genuine things and like, mm -hmm. um, so that, that's why I like, I do appreciate like when you're seeing like a genuine moment versus something that was like, kind of like artificially like put together. Mm -hmm. um, but. but the thing is photos, if you look online, you don't know. That's why influencers are influencers. Right. You don't, their life looks perfect, but you have no idea. And it does go to show through wedding photos too. You don't know, like the wedding I told you about, there are a bunch of photos of them smiling and dancing, but you don't know that that night she kissed someone else. So you don't know what's going on behind the scenes or the backstory of a picture. And that's the wild thing to think about in general, but it does it does dip into weddings as well. You, you can look at a picture on my Instagram. Okay, no, I've had amazing couples. I'll you could look at a wedding photo in general and be like and not know if they're actually generally happy because there are people who want to get married just to be married. I'm not saying that 
I've had that. I feel like all my couples have been pretty freaking awesome, but you don't know. You don't know people's intention, but on a wedding day, it's really easy to, to manipulate that, that you're there for the day and not the person. Anyway, I could ramble about that too, but I won't. Right. I was like, well, in that case, um, you can check out Taylor's podcast. Uh, it's coming out, <laughs> um, I think next Friday. So <laughs> you can check that out. Do you have any um, good uh, titles for my podcast? I can't think of a name. Oh, you know what? Because you said, so you said good, the bad, and the, and I'm thinking like good, the bad, and the ugly. And I'm like, yeah. is there like a pun, like a wedding pun you could like put for like yeah. the third word? But I couldn't think of anything. The good and the bad, the good, the bad, and the photography. Was that mm. kind of wrong with ugly? No. Photography. I, yeah, I mean, well, because like there's a movie called The Good, the Bad, and the Weird. So yeah. like, you could kind of just like the good, the bad, and the something. Yeah, we'll have to workshop this. I've thought about mm, it yeah. and I cannot, I love a good pun, but I cannot for the life of me think of something. Yeah, I was like, I was like, ugh. I'm like, no, I probably don't want to go in the ugh direction. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Speaking of, <laughs> um, well, I well, I can't really segue now because we didn't record like what you were just saying. Um, yeah. But I wanted to say like, um, so I don't have any sponsors, but I'm trying to get there. So um, I just want to recommend Capri Sun. <laughs> um, it's delicious. It has all natural ingredients. <laughs> no, I have a. I have a little fridge next to my desk. And so when we went to Aldi, I bought like Capri Sun and it was like the best decision because now I'll just sit here and then I'll be like, hell yeah, I'm having a Capri Sun. Like That's dangerous. That's dangerous. If I got one in my office, I don't think I'd ever leave it. I'd live in here and I'd just drink Capri Sun every day. Honestly, I really recommend it because, um, so I, I'll buy like, you know, like pop and like just drinks and stuff. Um, yeah. And then I just keep it in there. And then um, if I'm like doing a bunch of work and stuff, you know, it's like, you know what, I'm going to treat myself. And then I'll like reach in and take out a pop or <laughs> drink or something, you know? Son. Like, treat yourself. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, I recommend thanks. getting a, a miniature fridge. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the last time I had a Capri Sun. I feel like it's like my elementary school soccer days after oh, a wow. game. I know that like so I didn't, I didn't play soccer but um my siblings did so like I can vividly recall being at like the um I'm not a sports person you're at the field <laughs> the <laughs> soccer field and um yeah. you know when it was like our our parents turned to like bring the stuff for the the team and then they would have yeah. like the cooler of Capri Sun which I was only allowed to have like one but it always hits. Yeah, it hits. The ones that had the clear backs. No, you know, Kool-Aid. Yeah. Kool-Aid made their own and it was clear backs and it was like a thousand percent sugar. And that's why my mom said you can't have them anymore. So I drink six and then I went to sleep. So it makes sense. It, it, it was the right choice, mom. You parented no, me well. You should have said, don't tell me how, <laughs> don't tell me how to live my life. I'm six and I talk back at my mom. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, don't let that. Speaking of talking back. To my... <laughs> <laughs> mom. Speaking of talking back to my mom. 
my no, I don't. I I don't talk. I mean, I maybe I've talked back to my mom at some point, but I I mostly just like give her. I like to give her a hard time if you can't. Um, I'm sure that doesn't surprise you, but I think I it's a rite I mean, of pa passage as a child to not to to give your parent a little bit of a hard time. Yeah, because it's like I like I'm sorry, mom and dad, but like you weren't like a hundred percent like perfect, you know. Sorry, I hate to break it to you, but um, so I have to I have to roast you just a little bit, you know. Sometimes I have to give you a little bit of hard time. But it's my hard. I'm, that's my brain wiring. I can't help not do it. If I like mm, you, I roast the shit out of you. It's just who I am, you know. Yeah, and like, <laughs> I I have a friend, uh, one of my good friends, Jasmine. We our relationship is very much built on we just love to roast each other, mm -hmm. and it's not like a not like a mean way or anything. It's just so much fun to just like roast the shit out of somebody because like. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you if you have like a person like that, but like when you're just able to just really just like just say the thing you know that's just gonna like get the reaction, it's it's great. They love to have it. We all have that one friend. Mm -hmm. I should have I'll have Jasmine on and then we can just roast each other for like <laughs> over an hour. Yeah. And see who cries first. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that one? It will be me. It's more it's more of laughing. It's like who can they sit in front of each other and they say jokes and whoever last first loses. And you guys can do more of a roast. Oh, see, I wanted to do that. I feel like I'd be really good at making people laugh, but I feel like I would also be the person who would just laugh the second, like, somebody, like, breathes. Yeah. Oh, I'm an easy laugher. I laugh at, well, I mostly laugh at myself. I feel like I'm hysterical. Yeah. Others Same. would disagree, but, yeah. I would Same. laugh at my and own like, joke and lose. But I mean, it, it's because you're, you know, uh, humor is subjective and, you know, people, their, their sense of humor hasn't like, I don't know, it hasn't like evolved enough yet to like get the complexities of like your humor. So like, you know, that, that's just on them ultimately. I'm glad you can see it that way. Cause that's the facts. That's true. They're just not up here yet, but one day. Maybe. Right. See, there's like, there's like basic humor and then there's like yours. No, no, no. There's like basic humor. There's like Rick and Morty. And then <laughs> there's me. Ugh, I mm. set the standard. Mm, right. It's fine. Yeah, take that, Rick, Rick and Morty fans. Take that. I'm sorry. I might cause a stir in your fan base, but I tried watching that show and I didn't find it that funny. This Justin Taylor Stinson hates Pickle Rick. <laughs> I want to get You're canceled gonna, for that opinion. <laughs> Say goodbye to your career. Yeah, I, it was fun while it lasted. Mm. You could take over for me. Me? Yeah, you're now cinematography. You are no. now Taylor Simpson. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> I I have thought about that. Like, if somebody like swap places, I feel like if somebody swapped places to you, they'd be like, "Oh my god, this is like." So much like I'm overwhelmed and but sometimes I think like that about like me too because like when I do think about like all the stuff that I am doing and like all these different directions sometimes I think about if somebody like Freaky Friday with me they'd be like yes. oh god like that's such a great thing Freaky Friday jobs that should be a show 
because mm-hmm. I have a friend assist me mm-hmm. every once in a while if I need help if I'm shooting by myself I'm seeing a huge wedding she's like I don't know how to do it I can't do it I can't do it I would not be able to deal with this so that'd be a great show I would like that show <laughs> I want to do that now done NBC all right we're here to put something to you was that a, was that a phone or <laughs> that was my phone <laughs> oh. Wow, is it it's like implanted in your hand? Yeah. It's my flip phone. Wow. I didn't know they still made that. <laughs> no, I like to be I like retro things. Old fashioned. Mm. Speaking of Capri Sun, I used to make the phones. Have you ever fold your Capri Sun and make a phone out of it? Oh Not, yeah. Yep, the straw yeah. with the antenna. That's what it made me think of when I first saw it. When you when you said like speaking of phones or something and then Capri Sun. I was really, I was really curious where like there was going to be a connection, but, <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I have done that. Yeah. Speaking of phones, how's your mom doing? <sighs> Unrelated so, in no sense. Wait, <laughs> for a second, I was like, wait, are you joking? Or are you like actually asking me? No, I'm joking. Um, she, she's. <laughs> She's great. You're like, you're like, I don't care. I don't actually care about your mom. <laughs> Imagine me saying that. Like, damn. <laughs> damn, Taylor. There it is. <laughs> you're like, you've been humbled this whole time and genuine until <laughs> now. True colors come out. Mm, I knew you were just like Kanye. <laughs> God. We are one in the same. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, <laughs> Uh, maybe a few years ago you could have said that, but like right now would not be um, the a time. Good time to compare yourself to Kanye. Yeah. Maybe wait. Maybe um, I'm hoping he gets his like redemption arc, and then eventually like he will like. But like right now, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, um, not right now. I wouldn't recommend. Mm. We'll re we'll reconnect in five years and say, is it is it t- is it now? Is he okay now? Mm. Are we the same now? Because this is a because this is a. I guess kind of like first and foremost, it's kind of like a, a film oriented podcast. Mm-hmm. So what I wanted to to kind of end things or wrap things up, mm-hmm. do you have a recent film that you've seen? It could be recently or in the last year. Sorry, I don't know why I have these sour jelly beans. It's not a good idea. <laughs> but what I was going to say is, do you have a, a recent movie you've seen or a movie in like the last year that's kind of stuck with you? Oh God, in the last year. It doesn't have to be something new, but like like something you would recommend. Can I say the last few years? No. Well, I'm, su- I'm surprised you're not going to go with that movie with um, Harry Styles or a help. Oh, Don't Worry Darling? Don't I, Worry oh, Darling, yeah. Oh, I thought you meant in a positive way. Yeah, in a negative way, that movie stuck with me. Do you want me to well, talk about be, a negative way? It can be both. Okay, yeah, for sure. Um, Don't Worry Darling was a beautifully shot movie with a beautiful cast with such a plot hole of a script that we stood outside the movie theater for an hour and a half talking about what the hell was going on. And then we came up with a better script and a better plot line. And I really wanted wanted to send it to Olivia Wilde and say, hey, try again. I mean- I I hate to say like I don't want to knock someone's talent or create 
like their creative baby like child that they made because no one knows how much work goes into making a movie I applaud people even being able to make a movie to begin with it's so hard to get production and funding and all that stuff but what the hell what was going on like what I, I wanted to know when they watched it for the first time from start to finish like did they understand what was going on like yeah so yeah that did stick with me big mm -hmm. time I feel like there was something else that I saw I was like what the hell was that but yeah okay. that movie for mm -hmm. sure I was gonna say hopefully it wasn't one of our films oh yeah have you heard of uh <laughs> English breakfast. <laughs> like sp speaking of pieces of shit. This would be the great time for you to be like, oh, didn't you just get denied at a festival? And be like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shots freaking fired. You'll never talk to me ever again if I said that. Mm. No, but there's been a lot of, lot of, I don't know. I feel, feel like recently I haven't, I mean, I'm a film lover, but I haven't been in the movie in the movie mood because everything is like a reboot or of live action right now. And so I just haven't been wanting to watch really anything. And I haven't really been wowed with something look, being different, but I will say I follow a bunch of, um, a bunch of movie Instagrams where they're, they show the release of what's to come this next year. And there's a lot of things I'm really excited about. So you can ask me this question next year and I'll tell you because there's a lot of newness coming, which I'm excited about. But recently, I think, and I do blame COVID a lot for for how some things didn't turn out the way that they did. I don't think they're as good as they could have been because I think of regulations of COVID. Oh, oh, I got it. Best thing I, and I still think about this to, to this day and I will watch it forever is the new Top Gun, which I think everyone talks about. I think the Top Gun oh, movie yeah. was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Should have won Best Picture, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, so, like, I I enjoyed the movie for sure. It had a mm -hmm. very, like, I don't know, it just had, like, a kind of, like, a classic, like, I guess, like, Hollywood, like, the those films you would get in, like, the 80s and 90s or whatever. Yeah. Um, it had just kind of, like, a classic feel, um, which I definitely enjoyed. The, uh, the only thing for me is that the, it's, it's kind of like military propaganda a bit. And like, to that part, I kind of have to like, not think about it as much, you know? Cause I mean, there's a, uh, with what whatever, cause I, I actually, I didn't see like the first uh, Top Gun. So mm -hmm. I only saw like this one, but like ultimately like, um, I guess, cause I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't like war and stuff. So like, you know, when I do see things, you know, like, I'm like you know, it's like, I, this is great, but I wish that these people didn't have to like do these things because like wars exist, you know, and like, yeah. um, I don't know. And I mean, I guess it's like, it's, it's not inherently bad to like view that stuff in like a positive way. Yeah. Um, but like, ultimately at the end of the day, like they weren't trying to like make this like grand statement or whatever. They were mm -hmm. just trying to make just a really nice, solid, like fun movie that and 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 it's what's interesting to say that is because I've talked to a lot of people who they've barely seen any movies in the theater in like the past 10 years but mm -hmm. it seemed like most people I know even like my in-laws like everyone went to go see this Top Gun and I think it just came at just the right time because like like you said like quality is dipped like 
stuff now it just comes out like half baked and it's all the stuff that gets all the hype and you know so like why pay money to see something when you're just going to be like let down and then top gun had a lot of like care and like effort and like um because like ever like they were like really flying those things and like Mm -hmm. when you think about it from a technical standpoint like they really 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 did try hard to like make something really good and the thing is it worked and it connected with a lot of people because it came at such a good time. I feel like we were all just kind of like wanting just kind of like just a slice, you know, cause it was, it's kind of like a slice of like pie or like whatever, just like mm-hmm. something comfortable that just like, you know, like almost like comfort food. And, um, and then it, what's interesting is that even though I wasn't like super, like I, I was four star on top one, not like five star, but, um, and I like appreciate, <laughs> I'm sorry. Hot <laughs> but um, (laughs) oh my god this just in um (laughs) but it got me to think and that's kind of with like everything everywhere all at once like it's these stories of like hope you know Mm -hmm. like because there's so much entertainment out there but a a lot of it's like just focusing on like the negative stuff and um it is nice it's a breath of fresh air when you do see something that's just like it's entertaining and fun it's not trying to like be like this or that or like be a lecture or like whatever like yeah. it's just trying to be like it's you know because film is like a form of escapism yes and you know it's like I want to watch I want to watch a film and just be like stuck into that world even if I'm watching like some like weird like horror movie but it's like I want to be stuck into that world and like forget about the other stuff so it's like when you bring up like just annoying stuff it's like no don't put that in my <laughs> like no 100 percent I don't want to listen to that I'm, that's why I'm watching this but <laughs> No, form of escapism for sure. And it was like that blockbuster that we haven't had. I don't remember what the last blockbuster movie was that took everyone by storm. I mean, like I am, I've never been, I'm not, I don't, I don't know what Top Gun trope I connected with. Like, I'm not like, oh, I love war. Like, oh, I I love planes or <laughs> oh, army, I all that stuff. Anyone I wasn't implying that, that you're like pro war or anything. <laughs> no, no, no. I, it's like one of those things no. that anyone could go and enjoy. You don't have to be like, it's not like a niche topic where only a select few people are going to be like, yeah, I'll enjoy that. I went with my friend with no expectation. I was like, holy shit, that had me on the edge of my seat. It was beautifully shot. It was like as an editor, like I edit my own images. I was like, damn, that person deserves awards because I feel like it was beautifully shot, beautifully edited beautifully acted everything was seamless and I think that's what I appreciate from a uh from like a photographer standpoint I was like that they did this movie justice and more with taking their time and their their efforts and making sure that it's not just a good story it's told and visually told to with perfection so yeah I could talk about Top Gun for a long time I saw it like four times in theaters my dad is not a movie guy he sleeps through movies 10 minutes in he went to the movie theater with me and that says a lot if my dad gives it two thumbs up you know it's a good movie so right. yeah and it's funny um because another friend of mine that I've had on the show uh Sam Nork um mm-hmm. she she saw Top Gun like I don't know 27 times I don't know Sam, I don't know how many times you've seen Top Gun, but Sam was always talking about Top Gun. And it, it, like, you know, cause I'm, I'm into like more like horror and stuff, but yeah. like, 
I just thought it was really cool because like a lot of people I know, they didn't just see it once. They saw it like multiple times. And like, yeah. when's the last time that like X amount of people I know have all gone to see this movie, not just once, but like multiple times. And to me, that's, there's something like special about that. Um, even though like, like what the stuff I'm trying to do, like I'm not trying to do that exactly, but it's like, I want like, I don't know. I feel like everything just comes down to like, it's just like a genuine piece of thing. Like it's not, it's not like a Michael Bay, like where there's explosions everywhere and it's just like opportunities mm -hmm. and stuff. It's like, it's just trying to be this, like, just this fun thing, like fun escapism and like, and it did really well. And there's something there. I think you said it yeah. earlier, it's it's full of hope and we don't have many movies. And that's probably why I haven't really been in the the movie mood is like, there's not much that's being marketed for hope. I see so much murder and and remakes of real life people who killed and there's a lot of documentaries about I, I just feel like I just see a lot of death recently in in movies and shows that I'm excited to see a little bit of hope and happiness and and good good in the world which is what I think we need and that's probably why we're all just unhinged is because all we are being shown through movies and tv and instagram is like this disarray of shows and movies of horror and I mean not horror but like like sadness and murder and scary and that's not really I want to have my cup filled while watching something I don't want to be scared to go to bed at night so so that's why Top Gun was I think something that everyone could relate to because after three years of COVID we're like oh goodness in this world you know mm -hmm. with a really good ending and yeah yeah, I could go on. We could. I could have a Top Gun podcast too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, Taylor's Top Gun podcast. It comes out uh, <laughs> not next Friday because that's when the um, the good, the bad, and the something comes out. <laughs> uh, we're still workshopping it. But then the uh, the following week will be. Um, I'm gonna say Taylor's take it take it from the top. I'm thinking like take oh, it from the top. Oh, nice. Gun. That's um, so good. Mm, okay. Take it from the top gun. You can you can use that. Just give me a little royalty, and we'll we'll call it even. Uh, first but, guess, um, Miles Teller. <clears throat> Miles, oh, well now. Yeah. I don't know about that mustache though. We started to, <laughs> like, Oh, I love that mustache. That mustache you did. I don't know. Changed everyone's life. Everyone had a mustache <laughs> after seeing that movie, and I loved it. Nah. I ate it all mm. up. That's that's why I have one. <laughs> Just go like this. Right. I, I just I just watched Top Gun. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I'm so used to Miles Teller in because I don't know if you saw Whiplash, but oh, amazing. Yeah. I, I fucking love Whiplash. But uh not I love the movie, not like actual Whiplash. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> I don't know why I needed to clarify that. But um <laughs> but uh Miles Teller, like I'm so used to him like in that, you know, having like the clean face and yeah. I guess just kind of having that like kind of boyish look. Yeah. So then him having like the mustache, I don't know. I'm like, I'm like I don't know about that mustache. Oh, I love it. I understand though. I understand it. Speaking of mustaches, how excited are you for Barbie the movie? Great. <laughs> yeah, because because uh, Ken has a large mustache in uh -huh. the uh, in the trailer. Yeah. 
Um, so I actually, I only watched, I watched like a teaser that's supposed to be like a, a homage to uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. Which, um, if you've seen that, it's like in the beginning, there's like, um, it's a bunch of apes and they're like just hooting and hollering and then they like throw a bone. Sorry, a bird hit my window. I got scared. Oh, okay. I was like, did you just see a ghost? Like, <laughs> oh, This becomes a horror movie, this podcast. No, our bird just rammed right into the window above my computer oh. and scared the shit out of me. Sorry, continue. Oh, oh wow. Well, mm, let's hope let's hope this isn't like like the birds. Like no homage to the birds. Like, mm. Yeah, that's trademarked. But um <laughs> what was I saying? Oh my shoe Odyssey, the Odyssey. Space Odyssey. The, 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 oh yeah, two thousand one a space odyssey um but yeah the barbie trailer so i guess it's like um because i i forget who's directing it to um greta gerwick uh, oh for uh, ladybird mm -hmm. okay yeah and i guess it's like i i'm curious about it and i saw like the teaser but it's like i kind of get what they're doing with it mm -hmm. um i mean you know me like i'm i'm too into deep and like <laughs> other stuff but like I'm sure like I'll probably end up seeing it with Amanda because it does seem like it will be just a just a fun kind of strange movie I think you should watch the new trailer Greta Berwick also wrote it with her partner and it's everyone who's in the movie said this is probably the best script that I have ever written or read so I don't think it's going to be a typical Barbie movie I think it's going to be a trope off of like how women in Barbie world were portrayed and how she's like I don't want to be the generic skinny in the kitchen housewife I think she wants to leave that and find out that life is more than just that so that's what I think so I'm excited to see what what's to come yeah and that and that's the vibe I got <clears throat> but as you might have known like the the ones that I tend to gravitate gravitate to are not usually like the bright, blood. bright and fun. Uh, yeah. But it's like um, I mean, so for me, because I have to kind of like defend myself a little bit. But no, like when I was young, I was like I was a scaredy cat. Like I was afraid of like everything. Like I'd have nightmares all the time. In fact, there was like a Christian. It was a Christian singer. And he had a music video that was like, why you shouldn't be afraid. But mm -hmm. the video scared me. <laughs> and for like years and years, I had nightmares about this like music video, which the whole point of that video is to be like, oh, you don't have to be afraid. And, you know, and then it like traumatized me. But um, so like, as I got older, I like my dad would take me to like the video store and I would kind of dare myself to look down like the horror aisle. And like mm -hmm. the stuff, it like scared me and like gave me nightmares. But then as I got older, I kind of like became more, I guess we did do round four. Um, <laughs> but like, I kind of, it became more of like a fascination and kind of like, um, if you're like afraid of something, you know, but you kind of like, I want to learn more about this and like um what it you know kind of what it's about and then kind of when you like understand kind of what it's doing what it's really trying to do you have more of like an appreciation for it and like mm -hmm. that that's what like draws me to it because it's like I get what they're doing and like for me and it might sound strange but like horror movies and stuff is my comfort 
because when like because for me like the real horror is like just like just going online <laughs> you know like going mm -hmm. on the internet and like just yeah. seeing what's going on and like to me that's because that's that's reality that's not stage or anything mm -hmm. and so for me it's comforting yes this is like it might be gruesome or whatever but it's just people who are just like just like making you know making something they connected with and you know i've watched movies i mean there's there's a lot of memes where it's like um people be like oh this is my comfort film and that'll be like the texas chainsaw massacre yeah but it, there's something is and like but but i also totally understand they're not for everyone and not everybody wants to be subjected to that all the time you know yeah. um so yeah um but when you were mentioning that, it kind of got me thinking about it because I have been like thinking lately, I want to do, I want to be more like aware of what I'm putting out. Um, and like, I definitely still want to make horror, but I feel like I'm kind of at that point where it's like, yes, I could just keep making like horror and like making these things. But like, what, what kind of like, I guess, message do I want to put out there, you know? And like, I feel like I'm thinking more about like wanting to put out more messages of like hope, like stories of hope and like healing mm -hmm. and so I I think um because I I have a couple like or like if, I mean I have a lot of <laughs> ideas and stuff but like um there's a few that I've been kind of like sitting on and I'm feeling like it's a way to kind of like and like some of it's horror but it's it's not just uh like oh it's just going to be horror and people die and like that's it it's like I want to be able to use that and use those elements to like convey stories of like that there is hope where like you know you can go through something that's really like traumatic or eventful but like you can still like you can grow you know you can like heal and you can like grow and that's what's really special about like a like a genre movie is that you can use that genre to convey the things that you want and i just happen to you know, by circumstance, be kind of like, not like ushered into like the horror genre, but I do feel like it kind of like drew me in, in a way. Mm -hmm. um, but, but it, it definitely has me thinking more about like, cause, cause I love like coming of age stories. Like I love to do like, like dramas and stuff. It's just like, I, I definitely have like, like if anyone looked at me and like, nobody would be surprised that I like, make horror movies <laughs> but anyway well, yeah no that's cool i think that you should do all your ideas i tell everyone if you have a dream do it because if i didn't pursue my job i don't know where i'd be you know so make those movies because you don't know who you're gonna change who needed to hear right. that story just because that that festival was like no sorry we're not gonna put your movies into our festival who knows what other festivals like yeah this is what we've been wanting you know may not appeal yeah. to them but you don't know who who it's gonna appeal to so right. continue making it continue brewing those ideas in your head because there are people out there like you who are wanting to do these ideas but don't so do it nike just do it so this uh, this episode is also sponsored by Nike. You can <laughs> check out their their product. I think it's <laughs> Nike.com or something. Um, but I really appreciate you saying that because like I I don't I don't know how like what your perception of me or anything is, but like 
I feel like I'm just like constantly like I don't really know what I'm doing, you know. But like I don't really like talk. I don't really like talk about that part. I'm just like I'm just gonna like just do it. And so I don't really know how like people really like do see me. Like I know like like the kind of person I am. So like I think that's why when it comes to like what I'm doing, I try to do it in a genuine way because I want people to be able to when they take a look that they're seeing like who I am. Mm -hmm. And so. And I think that's kind of where I'm at is like, I want to not just not think about it so much and just think about like, um, oh, this, this is what I want to do. And I'm just going to like do it and not like think too much about it. Cause unfortunately I'm an overthinker. No, oh, welcome to the, I think it comes with our, our career choice. We are overthinkers because I think we're perfectionists, especially when it's our, babies in our hands we want to make sure that they are the best of the best so it's hard not to be a perfectionist in that sense I mean I could spend an hour editing one photo which has happened because I'm not not happy with it but then when I send it to someone they're like why the hell do you we don't see what you see and we won't see what you see but it's hard not to not want it to be perfect even though we're the only ones having the issue you know so right it's like um i heard this story about it's like i don't know if there's a, a pianist or somebody who they like and maybe it's a scene from a movie but like they're playing the piano and like they know that they like messed up on some like some of the keys and stuff and some of the notes um and they're like oh god like people are gonna know and then like but everybody's like oh that's incredible like you did perfect and like everything and it's like um all you can really do is just like, you know, just try your best and like give it your all. And, um, or sometimes you, you know, it's, it's okay to not give your all and it's okay to give yourself some grace, but yeah. And then you'll, you'll find like, you're, you'll find your people, like you, you find, you find people who like see your work and then mm -hmm. they want to work with you and then you form connections with them. And it's like, just like a constant cycle. Yeah. Like, I don't know, party cycle, fun cycle. I don't know, like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, you say like, I hope, I don't know how you see me, but I mean, I, one of my favorite things about people is people's uniqueness and you are very unique and that's what's told through your, your movies. You, you take oh, a you. horror genre, but make it different. Like I, it's, it's awesome. So maybe some people don't see the unique uniqueness, but that's a thing about movies. You see a movie, but you have no idea who is behind the, the camera unless like interviews and stuff. But like you just see someone's story through their eyes, but you don't know the director personally, you know. So that's why you can kind of see your personality in your movies a little bit. Mm. Yeah. And, and as you've noticed, our stuff is getting just a little bit more weird. <laughs> yeah. Let it be weird. Let it loose. Mm. You see, I think TV and movies nowadays are just all off the wall, but that's. That's cinema for you. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've <laughs> lately I've been like, because I've been watching more experimental films and stuff. I'm like, I kind of want to do an experimental film. So I don't know what I'm going to end up doing, but I'm like you said, I'm just going to be like, if it comes to me and I'm like, I want to do that, then I'll just I'll just do it. Yeah. And 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 mm -hmm. that's and that's that. Who knows? Maybe someone else is like, I want to do experimental, but don't have the means or the 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 brain power. Or like, you went to school for it. You know what you're doing. You know how to execute. 
that. So maybe you're going to make some little kid's dream come true by seeing what they've always wanted to see. So. Yeah, but I'll make a really, really disturbing movie to be like, wow, this is everything I hoped for. <laughs> no, no. No, I'm definitely, it's, it's a nuanced thing because I'm, I'm always thinking about like, you know, because my family watches my stuff. So I'm like, you know, it's like, I, I'm like, do I got to be careful? Do I got to like, is it okay to put swearing here? You know, like that stuff. But <laughs> that that would lead into round five though. <laughs> yeah, you can be like, sorry, mom, but I'm going to do it anyway. You can have like a little mm -hmm. warning just for your family's mm -hmm. sake in the beginning. Content warning. Content warning just to Danger. the Hendrix family. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> just kidding. I, lo I love my parents. Please don't hurt me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Please don't hurt me. They're they're like right outside my window right now. Yeah, mom's always watching. She's always always over your shoulder. So we discussed a lot of things today. We started with kind of like you at the beginning. You know, twenty two year old. You're like unsure if you would recommend what you're doing now to like your twenty two year old self. But I feel like after everything we've talked about today, my guess is that if you could tell your 22 year old self that you would say just just do it Yo. yeah like yeah Nike. yeah I think even after talking to you for the last few hours about my career even though I told you the ups and the downs I'm still like convincing myself now like yeah you're exactly where you need to be and I know that if I were talking, if you were my past self, I think you would also see like, even though she saw some things and has been exhausted and burnt out so many times, she still is sitting there with a smile on her face and looks excited. And you can, I would hope that you can hear the excitement in my voice as I spoke this entire time that I do enjoy every moment, even if it's bad. Um, I mean, every job has its ups and downs, but I think I'm lucky enough to have a job where it's higher than than most the excitement is higher than most so I think young Taylor would say yes sign me up just give me a little bit uh, a few pointers beforehand of like what to look out for or maybe tell Taylor to buy that expensive camera because it took her a little bit too long to to say yes to the camera that she has now because it's the best so yeah oh and what um what do you, what do you use? I don't think I, I don't think I asked. I use the mirrorless R5 and R6 Canon cameras. They are Dang. remarkable and game changer. And it took me a while to Dang. step away from what I knew because what you know, it's, it, it was a whole new monster to learn. I mean, a new camera is like starting from the start, like starting over, but it was definitely worth it because I think that my work really amplified over the last year because of it. So so some advice to people who want to be photographers, your work is as good as your equipment. So if you really want to get into it, drop that pretty penny on that really nice camera because your talent can only be set to the limit of your equipment in your hand. And the mirrorless is freaking great. So. I was going to say, not Taylor calling me out. <laughs> <laughs> buy better things uh -huh. get that no get better capri suns <laughs> um right yeah get the get the like the big pouch no um yeah it's you know and you and you raise a good point because like me i 
I try to be very resourceful and everything, but like it does get to a point where like, okay, maybe I should really upgrade to like 4K, you know, like um, it's just the direction we're going, things is things are advancing. And if there are, if there's new things that you can get that makes your job easier or makes it like even better, like um, I'm, unfortunately my eyes not trained well enough to maybe know the difference between a uh, picture that was taken with like, mirrorless versus like non-mirrorless mm -hmm. but I'm sure I there's think a mirrorless pretty... is... I think you I don't think you could tell from a mirrorless to non-mirrorless but editing wise a hundred percent mirrorless helps so much in dark settings that's why I'm like I'm fine with my one flash is because sometimes I don't really even need flash because mirrorless can go can have the capacity to go really low shutter speed, really high ISO, which is a whole nother monster. I, you can look this up on YouTube yourselves to figure out what that means um, without it affecting the picture like an old DSLR would have been like. So yeah, but I, but I would hope that you could see the difference between like a nice camera and an iPhone photo. I'd be worried if you couldn't see, see that, but. Yeah, I'm not, thankfully I'm not that terrible. Um, it's just that that's just the whole like the whole camera like the camera lens and like that that whole like industry like that's why I kind of like let Amanda <laughs> kind of handle that part because like yeah she's, she's so good at keeping up with things and like knowing like what does what and mm -hmm. I'm like maybe I should just stick to like just the writing and directing because and just kind of let the the people that are involved with that stuff let them handle it because that's, yeah. that's a whole other factor mm -hmm. It's true. I mean, that's why a movie like Top Gun, bring it back, is so good. It's because they have the best cameras, but also the cameraman's not going to tell Tom Cruise how to act. You let him, the master, do his part. So you know you're good at directing, you know you're good at writing, but let those who are good at dictating what technology is best do their thing. Right. It's like a trust, trust type thing that's why I can't work with other people in editing and stuff because I trust myself in making sure the photo looks the way that I want but that maybe that's something I need to work on is learning to trust others who can help me out but that's a whole other story as well hmm. that'll be on um that'll be the topic of your first episode of um <laughs> I can't I can't keep track of all your podcasts now but I know I'm all over the place I'm so many podcasts the right. bad in the something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Joe Rogan better watch out. Oh, uh, yeah. Look out, Joe. Joseph. Mm. Yeah, Mr. Krav Maga or whatever. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I could take him in arm wrestling. I could do it. Mm. I he'd be he'd be down in a heartbeat. Yeah. Like straight up. But um but yeah, um I can do like, I can record like my little like, like outro later, but, um, but I wanted to say like, um, just thank you so much for coming on Taylor. Like I really enjoyed this conversation and getting to learn about what you, not just about what you do, but also why you're doing it. I find it inspiring and it kind of gets me to think about what I'm doing a bit differently, um, which I appreciate because I'm just always me in general, I'm always looking for like little tools I can add to like my belt or so to speak. Um, so I just want to thank you for like sharing all your stories. Well, it was a pleasure 
being on your show and it was an honor to be asked and this was my first podcast so I hope I did okay and it's always fun to connect with a friend and I haven't seen you in a little bit so it's nice to just have a nice long conversation about our passions so it was a good time and I'm happy to come back anytime all right so you you heard it here so Taylor and I we're going to be starting our podcast um <laughs> which that's going to be three weeks from today, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to work it out. Yeah, I'll just cancel I don't, I don't all my all plans. The... I'm done. <laughs> I'm sorry I can't see your wedding. I'm doing a podcast now. Yeah, you're like, you know what? After all this talk about, about doing weddings, you know, I, I really just want to do podcasts now. Yeah, plot twist. I'm telling you and yourself to get right into podcasts. Don't mm. do photography. That's where the future is. Mm -hmm. I don't honestly everyone and their mother has a podcast so but I listen to podcasts while I work I'm I'm eating it up I love podcasts gets cool, me through cool. my my job what's the one that you recommended again uh armchair anonymous an armchair expert it's Jack Shepard's podcast he oh okay talks to celebrities and then he talks to um experts about like mental health or this and that like every topic and then he also talks to his fans about like their horror stories about getting fired or a bad craigslist um experience something like that so it's entertaining uh, also he's a funny guy i don't know if you've seen um employee of the month Oh my God, Dane Cook was the love of my life for a long time. <laughs> so yeah, I bought that movie on DVD and watched it all the time. He was great in that. Mm. It's it's too good. Um, I think that's like the only thing I'm like, I know he's done other stuff, but oh, that and um, Idiocracy, he's great yeah. in that. He talks about that a lot. That was his first movie. Um, but he says that um, he just couldn't get the roles that like he... He thought, and then punk came around, and then he's a drug addict recovering, and so he went through that. Oh wow! Yeah, he, he, that's a big thing that he talks about is his recovery and his addiction, and he relapsed during COVID, so he's very honest about that and mental health. So that's really cool too. I'm gonna have to check it out because, like, because like the thing is, there's a lot of like a lot of famous people who have podcasts now. And yeah. like, and while it's cool to like go on and like listen to people, it's like for me to keep listening to it, I kind of want to be getting something out of it. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's really cool. Like I didn't, cause I didn't know like he had been through that. So that mm -hmm. would be really, that would be really um, good to hear like his stories. I think you would love him and his podcast. He's a bit, he's such a good conversationalist. I could listen to him talk all day, any person from like a introvert to an extreme extrovert, he can have that fluidity in the conversation with just about anybody, which I appreciate. Um, also, there's so many people on his podcast. He's been doing this for five years. That I think you would find someone on there that you are just dying to hear from. So I think that you would get something out of it. He, especially the um, armchair expert one, he probably talks to some, to some directors um, or screenwriters. I did listen to the one of him uh, with the people from Game of Thrones and people who ran HBO back in the day that, and they talk about their journey from where they started to how they got to where they're at and their good, like the, the hardships that they had and 
So I think you'd get something out of it as well. No, that sounds up my alley because um, right now the only podcast that I'm really, I guess, following is uh, there's a filmmaker. His name is, well, he's, he's been doing films, but like he's doing his first feature, but his name is Chris Stuckman. And he's doing a podcast right now where he has directors and people on where they talk about their journey as like a filmmaker and like what made mm -hmm. them want to start making films. And after like listening to that, I became really just kind of fascinated with like learning like people's journey and yeah. learning like their story. And like, that's why I wanted like us to get together. Um, Cause I find what you do really interesting. So I really enjoyed learning more about, you know, what, what it is that you do and why. Yeah. I love that outlook too. hearing people's journeys because I think a conversation now is that people don't always earn where they're at. And I think people see the good a lot, but they don't get to see the struggle because people don't want to promote the struggle. And so that's why I think that talking about people's journeys of failure until they finally hit that like jackpot roll or they finally got their movie made or like their business is finally taking off. I think it's really important to show that people work their freaking asses off to get to where they're at. I think people are instantly judged based off how they how they look or who they know or I mean, nepotism is, is such a topic right now, but also people really work hard and I want people to realize that it's not easy to be in people's shoes. So especially someone who's, I worked, I did this all by myself. I mean, I didn't work, I didn't do all this by myself. I had the support of my family and my friends, but like I started the business by myself and I taught myself a lot of, of what I'm doing now and that's why I appreciate like watching you make your movie. Like you, you taught yourself, you went to school, you had a team and like you worked your ass off. And so I think people need to see like, it's when you see a movie, you're like, Oh, that was shitty. But also you need to appreciate or understand like a lot of people work their asses off. Even though the movie's not good. Don't, don't worry, darling. We understand mm -hmm. that you put a lot of work into it and we'll, we'll praise you for that. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, you're, I'm going to be using you as inspiration because you're not only doing, like, you're doing the things that you want to do because you enjoy it, but you're also, like, getting paid for it, and, like, <laughs> and, like, I'm not quite there. I'm, yeah. uh, I'm, like, paying to do the things that I want to do, and, like, because mm -hmm. that's, that's my goal, so. Yeah. It, it'll probably take me a bit longer, but I'm hoping to get there, too. I mean, I did a lot of free stuff my first year, my first two years. And even if I want to do something creative now, like I have a vision of going, I don't know, I don't, I don't have anything in my mind, but if I wanted to do like a boat session where a girl's wearing a wedding dress and a guy's in a suit, like I would do it for free because that's something I have, I am dying to do something like that. So of course, when it comes to your vision, you're going to have to be okay with doing something for free because in a sense, like in the end, you're going to get more out of that because you're passionate most about that because it was your idea. If I do an engagement session, it doesn't mean like I'm not going to get a lot out of it, but like that's the person, like the couple's vision. But when it comes to what your vision is, you're going to get way more out of it. And it's going to restart your love for what you do. Because I hit points where I'm like, oh, I'm so exhausted of doing this over and over and over again. And then if you do something that you love and it was your, your, creative baby and you execute it and it turns out to be amazing it restarts that love and keeps you going yeah so, it really does. there 
you'll get there. It, it really does. If it could just keep my wallet going, um, that would be, that would be great too. But, but no, like you said, like you do, because when you're doing those things, like you're either like doing something for free, but it's because you want the experience, you're getting something from it. Mm -hmm. um, and I, that's, I guess that's ultimately, it's like, even if I'm not getting paid for it, or maybe you don't get all the recognition, but it's, I feel, you know, as long as I'm getting something from it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I've been wanting to do more projects where I'm not doing it just to do it, but I'm doing it because it's like fulfilling something for me or it's something that interests me, you know, versus just doing something and surrounding myself with people that we all just kind of like pat each other on the back. Mm -hmm. Like I want to do something that even if I put it out and like nobody pays attention or like cares, I know that I worked like really hard on it yeah. and like, and that's all that's all I care about or that's all I'm trying to care about. <laughs> like, yeah, really. Right. So I, yeah, like that's why I take the likes off my Instagram because it doesn't matter. It, I don't care. I generally don't care what people think. Um, and so it's nice to not have that over my head of like, oh, this photo that I chose to do that I came up with, with the idea only got five likes. It doesn't matter. I, I, so I went to Florida a few weeks ago and my dream was to always do a session here for years, for years, because it's such a sentimental place. And so I had um, some friends come down and be my models and I posted photos, didn't get many likes, but Instagram is like that sometime with the algorithm, but I don't really care because I was so happy with how they turned out and it was such a fun time. And it's like a bucket list um, moment to check off of my photography list that it doesn't matter. And so it shouldn't matter if, one person watches your movie or a million people watch your movie. All that matters is that you got to do it and you're happy with it, so. Yeah, well, I, I greatly appreciate that because like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like always looking for like reminders, like, am I doing the right thing? Like, do people actually yeah. like what I'm doing? Like, they're not just saying that because like they're friends with me, you know, yeah. like I always have that like internal, uh, what is that, what is that term called? Like imposter, imposter, yeah, imposter, like imposter syndrome. syndrome. Imposter syndrome is real. And mm -hmm. the thing is, is I know people that are like, they have like Emmys and they still have like imposter syndrome, you know, yeah. like that never, it never really goes away. Um, I mean, you could be perfect and like not experience imposter syndrome, but, um, but I don't know, like I, I, I definitely experience it. I know Amanda does. And and I, I was just teasing. I know like imposter syndrome, it plagues many, but um, I think it, when is, it, comes, it is a thing. I think when it comes to people who are doing it by themselves or like started from nothing and have this dream and are trying to execute it with no, no outside help, really, I think it's hard not to have imposter syndrome like myself. I, I mean, none of my parents are photographers. I bought a camera on. I mean, we went to cinema studies school, but it doesn't mean like I learned settings of a DS, DSLR camera. So it's it's hard to not be down on ourselves thinking like, is this what we should be doing? Because it's not something that we're used to. I didn't grow up with with this. So and seeing other people kill it, but also had, I don't know, I don't want to get into that. But yeah, it's, it's hard not to. Hard not to. Right. So don't feel bad. You're not alone in that. I'm, I guarantee the majority of Hollywood has that in the back of their minds. 
and people walking the streets if I feel like they're they have it too. Well, I mean, that's why you have films that they try to, you can tell they're like trying to like do things a certain way to like appeal to like certain people. And because that that's just it. They don't really, like in the grand scheme of things, it's like they kind of know what they're doing, but they also don't know what's going to actually get people in the seats. Mm-hmm. And they invest money in these films that like, maybe this is going to, like this could like, this could work really well, you know, with like Top Gun. Like mm-hmm. that that's like the perfect example of like a movie where they invested a lot into it and and it just became like just a, a phenomenon. Yeah. Versus you have there's so many stories of like these companies that invest millions and millions and millions, if not billions, into these films that just bomb and yeah. nobody goes to see, you know, like Morbius, I'm calling you out. But um <laughs> <laughs> one of the worst movies i've ever seen wait you saw morbius i didn't see morbius but i saw um venom and venom was one of the worst movies i've ever seen yeah they did not look good also my airpods died uh we've been on here too long right all my equipment is like come on dustin just shut up (laughs) Uh, just stop but um but no i was gonna say um well before i forget but taylor thank you so much for being on my show um where can where can my listeners find your work um i'm on instagram stintography uh i have a facebook account for it but i'm never on it um but yeah find me on stintography on instagram just just don't go on facebook yeah don't don't go on facebook and that is the end of my talk with taylor stinson Taylor, I had so much fun having you on. We had such a long conversation, but it was worth every second. Um, but yeah, you can check out Taylor's podcast, We Cannot. Check it out. It's on Spotify. They also have an Instagram page, we.can.not. And I also have an episode, or it's probably going to be a two-parter coming up with my good friend and fellow filmmaker, Shannon Jeffrey. So look forward to that. And as always, I will see you on the next episode.